Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Ooh, super friends with Eric Esquivel. Welcome back to Super Friends, everybody. Today, I am joined by Kevin Alvarez. Kevin, how's it going? I'm good. How are you doing, Eric? I'm doing excellent. I'm doing excellent. I'm really excited that you chose this piece of Superman history to talk about today. It's a little little, uh, obscure. Yeah. Let's let's, let's talk about it. I'm happy that you let me pick it. Do you want to introduce it, or should I? Um, I want you to. Okay. So, what we're talking about today is... um, a camp, an ad campaign from Amex called "The Adventures of Seinfeld and Superman" from 2004. Um, it's a like series of commercials. Well, calling them commercials, you know, we'll get into it. Okay. They're short films, man. They're, Let's give them the respect. They they're deserve. short films, but what's really interesting is that they're like the first um, like web only commercials that 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 came out ever, and yeah, yeah. it's really funny because every article that I found about them, it has uh web they call them webisodes and they're all in parentheses <laughs> yeah yeah it's really on cool on the world wide web it was like really early on to this kind of stuff you had to go to a website that was designated for these commercials yes. to, to watch it on the amex site yeah 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 so it's an, an american express yeah uh, ad. yeah yeah i guess in 2003 they went online right yeah and they aired once as a big special premiere on on the tbs network like during seinfeld reruns yes and then they aired on tv just all over the place in 2004 the following year yeah yeah but i i don't think they didn't play the full five minute ones they had just had like the smaller spots and they would use those to get people to the website to watch the longer spots and each one was like five minutes long right yeah, so that's 10 minutes crazy. total yeah it's crazy too because you five minutes for uh like a, a web video mm-hmm. seems like so much now but you know just back then it was like so new no one really knew what quite to how to handle this sort of thing yeah yeah like a five minute commercial and they were directed by barry levinson who directed rain man yeah, rain man and good morning vietnam <laughs> yeah. and stuff and written and performed by jerry seinfeld yeah and then patrick warburton was superman he did superman so he went on to play the tick and brock sampson in the venture brothers yeah but he's he's a great superman i loved his take on it he's so pompous he's 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 amazing and it felt like a an episode of seinfeld just with superman it was they're just very mundane episodes so the first one is about them uh they're just hanging out and he's like buying a surround sound stereo yeah right? they're they're hanging out they go to a diner and uh it's great because <laughs> Superman makes a reservation to the diner, and, <laughs> and they have that whole opening scene where it's uh, so like, yeah. Is there a, a reservation for Superman? And he's like, no Superman. And he's like, try Man of Steel, and and then Jerry Seinfeld gives him shit. He's like, really? Why'd you do that? And he's like, well, do you want to sit by the kitchen? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like that his last name is Superman Man of Steel. Yeah, right. Superman Man of Steel. <laughs> I was thinking about. It, I was like, I, I feel like this version of Superman, it, it's like. There, it's a version where there is no Clark Kent. It's like only Superman, mm-hmm. just like chilling, walking on the street, having a normal day. Yeah, because Jerry knows about Mon Pa Kent, and he's, he talks about it later on. He's like, "Did you name yourself Superman?" Yeah, because yeah. Mon Pa didn't call you that. I've met those guys; they're pretty humble Midwest folks. And he's like, "Don't worry about it." Yeah, exactly. Like, did you try anything else? Like, really awesome man. He like starts pitching ideas for yeah. alternative names. 
it, it just feels like Kramer. It just feels like this weird, like slightly magical realist yeah. character. I was trying to pinpoint like who in like the the character list of Seinfeld is he. I think I think I landed on Kramer. I was like between George and Kramer, <laughs> but I feel like George is just like too uh, too neurotic, and this Superman isn't that. He's very confident. Yeah, yeah, and it's funny because it does feel sort of improv-y, but you know that it's not because it's a cartoon. Yeah, and there's like special effects and stuff, but the writing style is so like mumblecore before mumblecore yeah you know like like not there aren't meteors crashing and stuff they're just talking about installing stereos and yeah yeah it's and really it's fun. great because then they have those moments where uh superman just can't do the stuff he like locks the keys in the car <laughs> he can't uh set up the stereo right yeah they focus on the man part of superman yeah. yeah so the first film the first five minute film is called a uniform used to mean something yeah and in that one superman or uh, jerry sample gets robbed yeah, he someone robs his DVD player, and he's standing right <laughs> next to Superman. Yeah, and that's what the whole joke is about. He's like, "I'm right here. This costume, I made it as bright as I possibly could." He's like, he feels disrespected and yeah. chases him down, and he confronts the burglar, and the burglar throws the DVD player at him, and instead of catching it, he puffs his chest <laughs> he out, puffs his chest, and out. the thing gets destroyed. Yeah, and, and Jerry's like, "Why did you do that? Why can't you just catch?" Like the whole rest of the the film is about that. Like, it's pretty funny. It's great too because uh, in there the diner. The guy comes up to him. He's like, I'm Barry Katz. You saved me um, from this crane. And they bring that back up later mm-hmm. um, in the second, like, five-minute uh, video. It's kind of it's kind of funny. There's just, like, this little continuity in yeah, yeah. In and these things. So there's that, that celebrity thing that Seinfeld has access to because that's his real life. So, yeah. so Superman has that in this world, too. And people keep walking up to him and being like, you remember me from Vietnam? And he's like, oh, sure. And he doesn't. And it's really funny that he has, like, all these, uh, these followers, like, celebrity style. Yeah, it's funny. And... And Seinfeld gets asked for autographs, but they ask uh, Superman to bend bars of steel. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, just uh, bend this for my kid, please. Yeah, yeah. It's amazing. And I like that Superman's very hokey in this, too. Yeah. Like he, uh, they're walking by an ad for a new play called Wyoming. Yeah. And he's like, that looks great because he's so like Midwest and, and folksy. And yeah. Jerry makes fun of him. He's like, yeah, I don't want to watch that. He's like, but look at the reviews by Joe Siegel, which is an homage to Jerry Siegel and yeah, Joe Schuster. Yeah. And it's great too because that, that that review just says it's one song after another, <laughs> it's not even a review. And it's great too. He goes after the uh, the guy, the burglar who stole Jerry's uh, DVD player, and in the middle of flight, he stops to read more reviews, and Jerry yells at him too, like, "Go yeah. save his DVD player! <laughs> stop reading reviews!" Yeah, I can't do a Seinfeld. Can you do stop. a Seinfeld impersonation? My Seinfeld's stop reading reviews. Yeah, yeah. There you go. You nailed it. That's perfect. It's terrible. I love it. I love it. Yeah. People love Seinfeld, and Seinfeld loves Superman. Yeah. There was an urban myth that every episode of Seinfeld contained a reference, and, and that's not true, but it's pretty close. At, almost every episode has either the Superman S, which is on the refrigerator on yeah. the magnet, or his bookcase has a, has a statue. That statue, yeah. Or he'll just make reference to it. Like, there's a whole episode in Seinfeld where they had the Bizarro versions yeah. of themselves. They reference Bizarro, and they make a lot of, like, analogies to, like, actual issues of the comic, and that's really fun. Yeah, it's cool how much of a Superman fan he is. And just, he, he's a nerd. He's one of us. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and this is pre Big Bang Theory, where it was like marketable to be a comic book nerd. Yeah. So having that in there was very, uh, like, culturally relevant. It was very, like, important to nerd people that we had representation on the most popular show on, on the air. Yeah, that's true. I never, I never thought about that. Cause now I think about it, like, you think about Big Bang Theory, and now it's like, eh, those aren't real nerds. Those are like, 
caricatures of, of nerds most yeah. of the time. I don't know. Yeah, well, in that show, the joke is that they read comics. Yeah. And in Seinfeld, the joke is that he actually made jokes that were supported by continuity. Or, like, the idea of Bizarro. Yeah. Like, that's a really funny idea to have, like, real-life Bizarros. And, and, like, the way that he was framing his reality through comics was sort of Scott Pilgrim-esque. Yeah, exactly. Like, things that happen that are mundane, you make special in your head because of your cultural impacts that yeah. the comics made on you. So, it's, yeah, it's pre-Scott Pilgrim and pre-Big Bang Theory and pre-all, like, the nerdcore wannabe stuff like the the nerdist bullshit (laughs) (laughs) yeah i really like these a lot and the second one was called hindsight is 2020 yeah and you mentioned something funny to me about that one that was a almost a pilot for what for uh comedians and cars getting coffee yeah but it's superman and seinfeld taking a road trip yeah yeah. (laughs) and a little buggy (laughs) but it's the exact same model and they even talk about the car breaks down like it does in that show because superman um locks the keys in the car yeah yeah. And it's great, too, because uh, they're on a road trip, I think, from New York to Los Angeles, and they have suitcases. And you can tell which one is Superman because it's it's animated, too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, everything in, in, in these things is uh, in these videos is just like real life, except for Superman. He's the only one that's animated in, in his suitcase. It's like Roger Rabbit style. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I really like that they're talking about how hard it is to break walnuts for like two minutes. Yeah. Yeah, Superman's like, it's just impossible. There's no crease on this one. Yeah, everyone has that problem. <laughs> yeah, it's very it's very relatable. And uh, there's a cameo. At one point, they stopped to go look at the Grand Canyon, right? They're in Arizona. Yeah. And uh, they ask a lady to take their photo in front of the Grand Canyon, and she won't stop raving about Green Lantern. <laughs> <laughs> and how much she loves Green Lantern. Was she trying to take their photo? Yeah, and she's like, D- he saved my boy one time. Have you ever met Green Lantern? Isn't it amazing <laughs> how that green bean just... It's so funny. <laughs> it's so good. And then, yeah, they just keep shitting on Green Lantern. They have that... Uh, like every time he calls, Superman's like, I'm not here. Yeah. <laughs> and a lady looks over and laughs while she's making these comparisons to Green Lantern. And that's Noelle Neal, who played Lois Lane in the oh, black and white. That's Superman. cool. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. The one who's kind of like snickering. It's a little, little, little Lois Lane. It's exciting. That's awesome. I love that Jerry Seinfeld had the power to kind of do anything in the 90s. Yeah. And what he chose to do was like write Superman. He, however he could I know they offered American <laughs> Express commercials and he's like alright can I put Superman in this like what else did he pitch Superman putting into for his career you know like whenever they came for a new like shoe endorsement or Snickers commercial was he like I want to put Superman in there Like, yeah me and Superman are going to eat this chocolate <laughs> yeah it's really great uh, are you a fan of that Comedians in Cars getting coffee the new stuff you know I haven't watched a whole lot of it I the ones I do watch I really enjoy like I watched with him and Obama mm-hmm. And I thought it was, like, really amazing. I really I, like that Seinfeld brand of, like, taking people that are extraordinary, like a Superman or, like, an Obama. Yeah. And then, like, just eating lunch with them or, like, going on a field trip or a road trip. Yeah, and it's funny because that, that's totally his style. It's just, like, these big things and these ordinary situations. Yeah, because the, the more modern comedians that are, like, Jerry Seinfeld level are kind of rock star-esque. Like, you see guys like Dane Cook, and they dress yeah. like Chris Angel, and they have, like, pyrotechnics, and, like, yeah. they, or even, like, Kevin Hart. It's a big, like, production. And, and, like, Seinfeld's just this nerd. And I think that's, there's something about that that's really compelling, where he, like, brings everyone down to this human base level, because that's yeah. what funny is, right? Like, it's not funny to be above other people or to be, like, larger than life. What's funny is, like, the mundane aspects of what's the deal with this two-in-one shampoo like that's what that's kind of where he's at intellectually yeah that's true i think his comedy is like uh he's very much the observer and like always like questioning mm-hmm. things and i think like that i feel like that's why it works really well yeah yeah totally totally and patrick warburton is the man do you watch the venture brothers 
No, I've never watched it. Ah, oh, it's so good. You watch The Tick? I have. I've watched The Tick. So he's pretty yeah. good. In that. I like the like campy kind of stuff that he does. Clearly, he has like a superhero connection. Yeah, he very much is that. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, why were you drawn to these episodes? I know in your Clark Kent life, you're an ad guy, right? Yeah, I just started working in advertising like a little less than a year ago. It was like the first job out of college, and I find it really fascinating because there's just um, it's like movies. Like there's just so much happening behind the scenes, and it's kind of it's really amazing. But I think the big difference is like versus movies. You know, you're you're telling a story in in a similar way, but I think with ads, you're, I mean, you are trying to sell something, right? Mm-hmm. That's what it is. But you, it's like, how do you sell chapstick? Like all chapstick <laughs> does the same thing. So you have to find like really, really creative ways to to make to make your chapstick different, mm-hmm. right? Right, right. And I find that fascinating. Just like the people, just like who, who work in advertising, look at something. And they're like, well, how do we make this different? What is different about this? Mm. And, uh, you know, really capturing that and taking it to to the next level. And in this campaign, the idea was that American Express can do things that Superman can't. Yeah. Right? Like, so mm-hmm. Superman was trying to recover that DVD player and it was broken and he couldn't repair it except for by reversing the time. He was like, I yeah. have to fly around the whole planet. But in American Express, you're covered for theft. Yeah, so exactly. So that was the whole thing was that, like, it's more powerful than Superman. Yeah. You can you can pay for Lois Lane's groceries. <laughs> and th- these are commercials that you and I are talking about, like, what, 15 years later? Yeah. Yeah, so that's really impactful and really powerful. It's interesting because, like, we, you and I both live in L.A., mm-hmm. so it's the entertainment capital of the world, and you work in advertising here. Advertising is the most honest version of the entertainment industry. Like, you admit <laughs> that you're trying to sell something. Yeah. You admit that your goal is money. Yeah. Uh, but you can fuse that with writing and performance and make it very clever, like these Superman ads. Yeah. Because comics really, like, they were cheap initially because they were made to trick retarded kids into buying, like, gum ads, mm-hmm. right? Like, yeah. comics were delivery systems for, for like, advertising. For, for advertising. So, like, that's what Superman always is. So to say that this would be beneath a Man of Steel or beneath a comic would be inaccurate. This is as valid yeah. as the comic you're reading that has ads in it for, for Charles Atlas-like stuff. So Yeah, totally. And, even, and, yeah, exactly. Even now, it's, like comic books are still full of ads yeah they're four and five dollars and they're still chock full of honda ads and yeah. stuff. this podcast has ads in it <laughs> coming up later on. this should have been my segue uh, man dang it yeah so advertising is really interesting in that way that i think some people kind of like look down on it but yeah. it's, a, it's a valid art form and if you do it well you can impact folks for decades later what is a what are you working on that you're into over there over can there talk about that? uh i can talk a little bit about it um so where do you work I work at an advertising agency called RPA uh, out in Santa Monica, um, and we work on stuff like uh, some clients we have are Honda, Farmers, um, AMPM. I always think of those because those clients really let us get away with a lot. Oh, really? So, like AMPM right now, are like the mascot is this like big dude. It's like an ogre-esque fella made of snacks. <laughs> There's this guy made of snacks, and he just like walks around. And he's like, "Oh, I'm Doomgus. I do this," and he's got like a really interesting voice. He, he, you know, he's just this this character we made for that company, and they really like it. And we get to do some interesting stuff with him. That's cool. It's it's interesting to me to be like a big writer nerd. 
how story impacts people so yeah. intensely. And like when you create a character and you define a narrative around a brand, it stays with you. Like human beings are just wired for story. Yeah, and exactly. you, can, you can weaponize that. Yeah, I've heard to d- make them go fight a war with Uncle Sam. You can make them be nice to each other with Superman. You can make them buy car insurance with a Geico Gecko. Yeah, if you exactly. put mythology in something, you can galvanize millions of people to do what you want them to do. And that's yeah. really interesting, right? Yeah, I, I 100% agree. And right now, I'm going to school to uh, to write ads. Mm-hmm. I'm like taking some night classes. And the big thing I tell you about is like in everything, every sort of thing, every sort of advertising you make, really like try your best. Like, the goal is to find to make an emotional connection with this product mm-hmm. for people to have, mm-hmm. right? Um, and and I've heard things uh, like people will um, remember like a grocery list better if you like tell it as a story. Yeah, you know, yeah, like, yeah. You, This is why we need eggs and blah blah. You get into it mm-hmm. versus just giving them the bare bones list. Yeah, yeah. So like, story is powerful. Yeah, yeah. It's really interesting that. Uh, so culturally, when people found out that the story is powerful and advertising is powerful, there is some backlash, right? Like people kind of don't like ad men anymore. But if you read the like early stuff, like David Ogilvy, you a fan of that guy? Yeah. So so he used to talk about how like he was super against billboards that were outside highways because car cr- car crashes increased by like thirteen percent or something, and he oh, was wow. like, "We're actively choosing to kill people by putting cigarette ads up on, on these like billboards." So you have to like have ethics with advertising. Mm-hmm. Is that something that you find people are very conscious of still? Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Like, especially my agency is really good about it. We're having like workshops on like what's legal, what's pushing the envelope too much, yeah, and like. Uh, yeah, and just keep always keeping people in mind. No more Joe Camel. No, no more. The kids. <laughs> what kids? Kids aren't supposed to smoke. Uh, uh, I just passed this this ad outside uh, that is a they have a campaign going for I think it's Michelob or something, uh-huh. and it's this it's some beer company. And as you're walking by, it's friends toasting beer, and it says Live Ultra. But as you walk by, it's like a hologram ad, so it switches to them all on treadmills running. So it's the night of them partying and the morning of them running, <laughs> but it's really quick the way it's designed. So it looks, it's like a subliminal advertisement. So you yeah. think that drinking their beer is healthy. Yeah. And it's, it's not like a diet beer or like an exercise beer. It's just, yeah, it's super unethical, evil no. James Bond villain nonsense. Exactly. Beer is just carbs. <laughs> Liquid <laughs> carbs. It's like each beer is like a loaf of bread or something. And in these commercials, it wasn't very, uh, like, it didn't overcome the yeah. story. Yeah that he used to make an express card. I was going to say next, that was what was really nice about it was that they didn't feel like a commercial. Like yeah. the whole, the whole like solving your problem with American Express each time was maybe like, like five seconds of the whole thing. Yeah. 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 And they didn't even like, they didn't wink at it in like a cynical way either. Like if you watch 30 Rock, which I love, they talk a lot about the in, in story advertising, like, Oh, this new Snapple. And they like kind of dicks about it. Yeah. Cause they want to make fun of the man for making him do that. But in these shorts, it's not cynical. No, like, not at it's all. It's just, part of life yeah it's not a big deal or like that scene in wayne's world where he's like pulling up the doritos he's like well yeah advertising is terrible he's eating the doritos just showing it to the to the audience yeah there's a large legacy of this in superman you know like uh marlboro the secret company advertised in superman one and two um so much so they gave thirty three thousand dollars wow for number two and and there's like cigarette trucks all throughout the fight scene in Superman 2 that don't <laughs> exist in reality. Because in reality, you don't mark those trucks because they would get robbed. Um, so there's actually a congressional hearing where they, they looked at advertising smoking to kids because of Superman. Yeah. So there's a long legacy of ads in the Superman franchise. That's crazy. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, so I'm excited that you want to talk about these. There's just 10 minutes of content, which is really funny. Yeah. But you and I both remembered it so vividly. So where were you when you first saw these commercials? Um, I was researching for this podcast. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. That's interesting. I, I think I might have been too young to like remember. How old are you? This. I'm 23. Gotcha. So in 2003, 2004, I was like in third grade. Gotcha, gotcha. So I was eight. I was playing, uh, I was playing Zelda, and <laughs> I was playing Majora's Mask, but I couldn't. I was getting very frustrated because I couldn't figure out how to change Link into human, into human form. So that's you, where I was at. Were you a Superman kid? You know what? I I wasn't. I the first comic I read was like a Dexter's Laboratory uh, comic it book. Was DC though that counts kind yeah, of. Yeah, it, it I'll count. I count it because it it like it came with a promise from my dad. He's like, we're gonna go to a comic book store every month and buy comics for you you and your sister. And I'm oh, like, cool. dope. And then we never did it again. Aw, dads. <laughs> I know, dads. He's a great guy. But I was like, no, dad, you promised me. Um, but I didn't get back into comics until I was like in middle school. And I, it was when uh, sometime after like Civil War had come out. Oh. I, I was reading like. Uh, the Marvel book? Yeah. I, I was reading Amazing Spider-Man. Like all of those. like I like the red and blue guys too. Also yeah. Optimus Prime, Spider-Man, Superman. That's yeah. where it's at. Definitely. That's cool. So you're a comic book writer too, though. Yes, that's you, you kind of just started getting into the yeah, comic world. Yeah, super duper new. I used to, um, I'd always wanted to do it, and I used to do these like Skype sessions with, uh, with 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 storyboard artist uh, Jesse Moynihan, uh, whom I'm a big fan of. We were talking yeah, about him earlier. Really talented. Um, and we used to do these Skype sessions, and I was like, I would make these like comics really really fast, so I could like have something to show them. And then we would just talk about them, but they were they were really terrible. <laughs> like the, my, this one comic I drew was just this guy. Uh, he was he's like walking, he's like hiking, he's like walking down like some path. Mm-hmm. And I can't draw, so they're very poorly drawn. And then he's just like, "I know you're watching me. I don't know who you are, but I know you see me. Do you like this?" And he just like poops in the, in the middle of the road, <laughs> and he's like, "Is this what you want?" And then I showed it to him. He's like, "All right, this is this is pretty funny, um, but let's talk about it." And he, and let's like who is this character? And I was like, I don't know, just some guy. And he's like, well, there's think you got to really think about that. Who is this character? Mm-hmm. Uh, what is he doing after in the next page after this? It was just like, a, it was like nine panels. He's like, what is he doing before this? Like, you got to really think these things out. And I think that was, that was like the first, um, like lesson in writing I ever got. So I was like, cool. That's cool. Putting That's, it in context. I like when people regard things that are very silly, very seriously. Yeah. Like, all right, so this pooping comic, let's get down to brass tacks about how to really execute this pooping comic. Like that makes me really happy. Yeah. <laughs> and it stuck with me. Now I think about it all the time. I'm like, okay, character first. Mm-hmm. And that's what comics are. Like, that's what you're selling ultimately is, is in any sort of whatever form Superman takes. If it's on a shampoo, like, a kid will buy it because it's Superman, you know? Like, yeah, if it feels consistent, right? Yeah. And it felt consistent in these ads because he was still, like, the kind of down-home G-shucks, nice yeah. guy. He's helping Jerry Seinfeld set up his, his cable. Yeah. Like, that, that's of course Superman would help you set up your cable. That's a good friend. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Even though he's, like, very pompous and, like, really ridiculous, he's still, I think, at the core... He's still Superman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So let's pitch, if DC offered you any character to write for a new ad campaign oh, man. for a product, what is your pie in the sky? Like, what would you, what's the first thing you think of? Um, like Catwoman, D, Flea, Collars. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> uh, can you answer first? I need a second. Oh, man. Oh, man. Um, I mean, Booster Gold would be a good, like, American oh, Express Gold card. Booster Gold would be good, thing. yeah. Oh, let's you know, see. Mr. Uh, Freeze, Ice Cube Trays. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, man, I'm at, I'm at a loss. Uh, like Blue Beetle, 
uh, like wireless headphones. <laughs> you showed me your new ones earlier today. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're so fresh in my mind. <laughs> it's funny because you said you weren't a big comic guy, but you know Blue Beetle. So that's oh, yeah. Funny. He's like a D-list character. Yeah, uh, I was... Ted Cord. You like the Ted Cord one or the Jaime Hernandez? Jaime Hernandez. Or, or, or yeah. Jaime, yeah. Reyes. Reyes. Jaime Reyes, yeah. I think with the artist. I was like, what? <laughs> yeah, well, uh, he was really great. I loved his character in uh, Young Justice. The I most. Yeah. yeah. He, I was like, whoa, he's so interesting. I didn't know who he was. And then, like, summer before college, I, like, moved and, like, had no friends in the area I was at. And so there was just this comic book store that was there, and I would read... Uh, I would read Red Hood and the Outlaws. Okay. Because I loved uh, Under the Hood, that, that Batman arc. Um, yeah, yeah, by Judd Winnick. Yeah. And uh, who was on The Real World? Do you yeah. know that? It was, yeah, it was crazy. Course. He's got a crazy story. Yeah, and, um, great too. and like, yeah, and Blue Beetle, and then just like whatever, like, indie comics I could get my hands on. All the color stuff. You're like, Red Hood, Blue Beetle. Yeah. Green Arrow. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> Love Green Arrow. That's cool. Yeah, the Flash. Oh, was, yeah, a good product for The Flash, like, like a like a router, like an internet <laughs> oh, router. Like a modem? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh man, you just nailed it. All right. Well, speaking of ads, let's take a quick break for these ads, and we'll we'll be right back. And we're back. So, which Superman comics do you like? You, I know you like the character. Yeah, I love the character. My favorite one ever is um, oh, I can't think of the name. Uh, Superman for all seasons. Oh, that's so good. It's a great one. I love Jeff Loeb and Tim Sale. Yep, they're they're rock stars. Yeah, yeah. Um. Also, our Superman. Uh, I really, 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 really love Earth One. Oh yeah, really? Why yeah. are you that into that book? That's awesome. Uh, because it, it, it it's that like real Superman, like 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 to, like putting him in um like really like a really, in a really grounded state, mm-hmm. and then exploring like how dark that is. Like there's just I remember he like. Man, it's been such a long time since I read it, but he like can't have sex with someone because mm-hmm. he feels like he might kill them. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, yeah, I guess I never thought about that. Like, what are the realities of like, of being Superman at that level? That's funny. A few times in this podcast, you've mentioned like the grounded aspect of Superman, and also you're like, uh, in the Seinfeld cartoons that we would just watch, there's no Clark Kent. So are you are you really into the Clark Kent aspect? Is that your access point to the Superman mythos? Is Clark Kent? I think so. That's great. Let's talk about that more because <laughs> I think that's less common than folks that are like, I wish that I could squeeze coal into a diamond. I yeah. wish that I could like punch <laughs> a polar bear. Clark Kent is really important to me. Why is he important to you? Um, hmm. I think what I like about him, and I know you guys have talked about this before in, in the podcast, but like he he is, uh, his story is the immigrant story, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he's from somewhere else. He's an alien. He comes to Earth. He lives in, in, in Smallville and just, you know, he learns to, he's always looking for his place. You know, he's adopted. Mm-hmm. Uh, and where that relates to me personally is my parents are both immigrants from El Salvador. And they came here in like the, uh, I want to say early 80s. Mm-hmm. Um, they were super young, so they were able to assimilate pretty well. But like, I'm like white as heck. Like yeah. you can't tell, like I'm any sort of Hispanic. I have the same thing. And so, yeah, <laughs> so, yeah, you understand. So it's like it's like whenever that comes up, I have to like I feel like I have to prove. Yeah, that I'm. That's uh, part of every Latino culture, I think, is the yeah. checking and, and like proving and all that stuff. Even like the idea of assimilating is sort of nonsense, right? Because yeah. the first immigrants who came here from Europe did not assimilate. No, at all. They were <laughs> they, like, they this is become... our land now. Yeah, yeah. There was no attempt to assimilate. So why is any other kind of immigrant expected to do the same thing? It's, yeah, 
It's pretty weird. But uh, but Clark Kent does a little bit. Yeah, he, changes he, he his, does. I guess, like, let's talk about that, the immigrant experience through Clark Kent. Because he doesn't really know he's from somewhere else until yeah. later on. Like, he doesn't know he's Kryptonian until he's, like, in, is in his teens, right? So did you, early on, were you in touch with your roots? Like, no. I, yeah. And I, I think it was the same thing. Like, my parents grew up here. And, like, at home, they didn't speak Spanish. So like, they grew up in California? Yeah, they grew, we, they grew up in L.A. And they, um, like I said, assimilated very quickly. But, like, this sort of became their their culture more than, like, uh, like I feel like they had the first-generation experience mm-hmm. where technically I'm first-generation, but they had that experience, so I feel like I'm more second-generation. Mm-hmm. And, like, relating that to Superman, like, I always thought, like, I was just like part of the part of the group, like just just American, nothing else. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it wasn't until later where I started realizing, like, oh, I'm like so much more because of my my heritage, my roots. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, it's exactly what, what like Clark feels. And that's such a an iconically American thing, which is why it's exciting to have that in the most American superhero of all time. Yeah, but I think that's the arc of of being young, right? Is when you're young, you think everyone's the same and just like you. Because you're the best, and, and like it's just whatever your default is is how you perceive the world. That's kind of all your mind can wrap itself around. Yeah. And as you get older, you see yourself in the context of history. So you see where your parents are from and where your friends are from, and you get really interested in like in that and the continuity of our civilization and, and of history. And like Clark had to do that because his powers manifested. Yeah. And then you mentioned that you passed for white, and, and like I know that experience very well. But your name is Alvarez. Yeah. So was there any kind of checking there culturally? Like, was there any sort of stuff in your mind that sticks out when you're a kid where you the the other side of you was important or, or called into question i hmm yes i know i've had those experiences there's none that like come to mind immediately mm-hmm. i feel like my family it's happened a lot where like i've had relatives who like i don't know very well and i haven't seen in in, in years since i was like a, like a baby mm-hmm. but they all know me because I was like the palest one <laughs> in our tribe, and I was like, "Okay, yeah, cool, nice to nice to see you again." But like, I don't remember them. It was like my first time meeting them. That's funny. And you're not a biracial guy, though. You said your mom and your dad are both from the yeah. Salvador. Yeah, it just happened. That it you're just, the palest yeah, guy. I got the the pale jeans. Because the idea of like what a Hispanic or a Latino person is is always like super different from reality too. Like, yeah, I know folks from Spain who are like whiter than folks who are from England. Yeah, exactly. Like, it doesn't really look like any. Like it's you know, there's such a wide spectrum of yeah, people. Yeah, it's such a hodgepodge, and there's there's so much, and it's hard to. It, it's interesting because, like, I like how um, when 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 shows or or, or movies go back to Krypton, mm-hmm. like it's sort of the same. It's like there is no homogeneity most of the time like i think in the new show they do have like african-american characters who are, who are on krypton which i find interesting it's like cool there's there's people of color on krypton yeah, yeah but there's but like in our minds we think we see them and they're just kryptonians mm-hmm. like in, in this context that's a funny uh american way to say that too, to say african-american kryptonian yeah they're not from africa <laughs> oh, or true. america there's <laughs> black guys right? uh, they have a lot of melatonin <laughs> yeah they're black people and brown people and white people yeah 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 but they're all kryptonian you know yeah yeah that's really funny yeah, Clark Kent is interesting. They never tap that aspect of him where he passes for human. Yeah. I would love to have humans or aliens that were like orange, like Starfire. Yeah. Talk about how she can't have the experience that Clark has because she her hair is made of living energy and she's orange. Yeah, that's true. And like Clark can just go have a job at the Daily Planet and pass for human and pass for white. But other aliens can't do that. And, yeah. and there's never a tension 
and I would love someone to call him out on that. It'd be so interesting. Did did Clark go to college? There's different continuities as you okay. as you mentioned, but yeah. the one that I hold dear to is that he didn't. <laughs> I, I like the idea that like in Birthright and in the Lois and Clark '90s TV show, yeah. he just traveled the world. Oh, it was more okay. important him to see everywhere and do everything. So in the '90s, uh, that that was that was when I grew up, and that's what I adhere to still. Is okay, that he was just a man of the world. I like that a lot because I wasn't sure. I was like, oh, did he just like go from Smallville? to get a job at, in Metropolis. <laughs> That'd be kind of a small life, right? Like <laughs> That's true. In the Birthright comic, he goes to Africa because it was the country that he thought um, could use a Superman the most. Mm-hmm. And he traveled and wrote stories and engaged with many different cultures. And there's many different countries yeah. there. So he felt like he could really kind of spread his wings. And then in the 90s, Lois and Clark show, they make a point of showing him when he arrives at the Daily Planet that he has this suitcase that has all these stickers on it that have different countries. And oh, that's cool. Whenever like Perry White is gonna have a heart attack, and he like mixes up some roots, and he's like, "I learned this this remedy in Tibet, or I I made this dish in Ghana." And he's just, like a very worldly guy, so it's more than just American; it's like a citizen of the planet. And I, I like that aspect of him. That's cool. I've never I've read Birthright, but I, I guess it was so long ago. I don't remember that. But that's do, awesome. Do you remember the scene of him like flying over the zebras uh, as Clark Kent? <sighs> I like that a lot. It's like it's like vague. I feel like if I see it, I'll definitely be like, yeah, I've seen that before. Yeah, yeah. They talk about Africa a lot and that, and that was fun. But I would love to do like a a new series where it's young Clark Kent right after high school traveling just the whole entire world. Yeah. Like going to Mexico for the Day of the Dead and talking about Krypton and all the people that he's lost there and going to like Asia. and like I'd love to do like a Batman Begins style. Yeah, that would be awesome. Mm-hmm. They, I feel like they sort of touch on that in like Man of Steel. Like he's traveling around yeah yeah he walks america in that right Most, yeah yeah i don't think it's anywhere it, else no i think it is mostly america yeah so he like he's like on an oil rig and, and he was he was a waiter at a bar and yeah he messed some guy's truck up he's like, just like us yeah <laughs> <laughs> just like us. he has a beard just like glasses me. yeah 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 it's an interesting character for sure so clark kent the human aspect is what draws you to the guy yeah so if if you the human Kevin had Superman powers. How would you apply them? See, I I always joke about that. I'm like, yeah, if I had superpowers, like, I wouldn't be a superhero. I just I would just make things more convenient for me. <laughs> <laughs> Which is, I guess, is good. I don't have superpowers. I would I would I would ignore the higher calling. Oh man. <laughs> Which, um, then your uncle would die or something. Something would be called into question. Um, <laughs> someone has to die. <laughs> um, I would love to have. Well, I guess Superman doesn't have telekinesis, but. If I could, ha- that'd be my ideal power or like teleportation. Just be like, oh, all right, I gotta go to work and like roll off my bed into a portal <laughs> and then just be, be at my desk. I like Clark Kent as a reporter. Could Clark Kent have your job? Do you think that he could be an ad man? Uh, well, he's a writer, so yeah, he definitely could. What would his life be like? Do you think that he'd have any moral hangups with that or anything that would make him be really good at that job? Uh, yeah, he could, um, you know, it, it definitely takes a, a worldly person, an understanding of people, mm-hmm. to um, to to write ads. Um, I I definitely think he'd be good at it. He he's good at connecting with people. He mm-hmm. knows what drives them and how to inspire them. Yeah, he could use that and be like, hey, you know, I inspire people to buy some chapstick. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I love. That. That's really cool. Yeah. Do you like the Lex character at all? Oh, good question. Um. <clears throat> I think he's a great villain. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I relate to him as much, mm-hmm. um, but I do like that he, you know, his, his great power is that he is so smart. Um, I do sometimes feel though that like that gets 
like Superman's intellect gets underplayed because Lex is so smart. I agree. I agree. Because there are, are so many uh, stories where Superman is just like he's like doing research in his lab in the Fortress of Solitude and mm-hmm. and like make like he makes that um what is it that concoction that like gives Lois superpowers for like a day. Yeah, an All Star. Yeah. Yeah, an All Star. And I'm like that's that's a smart dude. Like, that is, that's not, I feel like that with Batman too. I, I loathe that they're in the same universe because it makes people compare them all the time. Yeah. You have to have them fight and like having Batman be smart is his only quality. So then you have to make Clark not smart. It's the yeah. way that like, if Clark is in a room with the flash, suddenly he's slow. If he's in a room with Batman, suddenly he's dumb. If he's in a room with Wonder Woman, suddenly he's like an, uh, not compassionate lunkhead yeah like whatever qualities he has in spades they have to dumb down and give to somebody else so the justice league kind of ruins him to me i like him by himself yeah like in a world alone and it makes it feel more uh lonely then too if he's the only one with powers like him that yeah. he can't connect i sort of feel like that's an intrinsic part of the superman character that isolation i 100 percent agree and that's i think one of my favorite parts about him like or Superman Earth One is all about him being lonely. Mm-hmm. Like he just he just can't find anyone to relate to at all. Yeah, yeah. And all and and not just that, not just his heritage, but just in in every in every way he lives in that story. He needs Jerry Seinfeld, his pal. Yeah. To come over. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking, I was like, Jerry's superpower is is, is his credit card. I'm like, he's just <laughs> he's just Batman or like Iron Man. Yeah, just being a rich guy. <laughs> yeah, just being a rich guy. I was bummed there were no villain cameos in these two short films. Oh, that's As true. You can see Jerry Seinfeld square off against a villain who would you want to see jerry take on uh (laughs) maybe maybe bizarro bizarro was pretty good yeah just like can he make friends with him i I think pointing out the logical fallacies and bizarro would be fun for jerry oh yeah like why aren't you a woman why don't you breathe water (laughs) why aren't you (laughs) whatever ethnicity is the opposite of white (laughs) why aren't you why don't you walk backwards (laughs) that's true yeah like how how much of an opposite to Superman are you really? Yeah, yeah, you're just sort of like left to center Superman. Yeah. You're really opposite. <laughs> or like if Mixes Pitalik shows up and and Clark's having trouble, yeah, like can't come up with schemes. You could get Larry <laughs> David and Jerry Seinfeld <laughs> to like just pitch him story or pitch him ideas for how to make him say Mixes Pitalik backwards. Yeah, and it's great too because uh, oh man, there was just like like in all Seinfeld episodes, it's like one thing leads to the next thing. They all mm-hmm. sort of all these plots domino on each other and i would love to see what that like climax looks like yeah yeah <laughs> it's like dv uh jerry's dvd player comes back into play like at the end it's brainiac <laughs> yeah it becomes brainiac because they hooked it up wrong yeah and it's hooked up to the internet now and it re- absorbs all knowledge <laughs> we should write a fan web comic where it's jerry's which is the continuing adventures oh, of jerry yes Seinfeld and Clark Hat. i'm in going. yeah and it'll it'll be uh all kinds of it'll be all kinds of products so not just not just American Express. Yeah, yeah. All right. So if you could pair up a modern day comedian with a superhero for this type of ad, who would you pick from the modern pantheon of people? The modern pantheon and a superhero. Oh man. <laughs> I want Key and Peel to hang out with Booster Gold and Blue Beetle. Oh, I think that's, that's a good funny. one. <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, Amy Schumer and Wonder Woman. Would be pretty good. What, that could, would be really what good. could they advertise? Spanks. Spanks. Um, <laughs> I think they would just do movies together. Yeah, I'd watch they, all I of those. I feel like they would uh, have. They would just just. They would have such a great dynamic. Mm-hmm. They just do more shows. Sure, sure. Uh, I think Carlos Mencia and <laughs> and um, Brainiac because it's like Mind of Mencia. And it yeah. could be like a Brainiac. No, that's dumb. That's, that doesn't work. There, there's something there. There's no, there isn't. You're kind, but no, there isn't. Um, give me one. Give me one. I did. I did a bad one. It's your turn. <laughs> bad pitch. Okay, I'm gonna say. 
I'm gonna say uh, like teenage Spider Man and Dimitri Martin. I don't even know Dimitri Martin. Who is that? Oh. Our, our podcast producer is shaking her head right now. <laughs> She's really into this. He's like, uh, or do you know like Stephen Wright? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's sort of like that. Okay, okay. So let's do Stephen Wright. Stephen Wright and like witty Spider Man. All right. What are they selling? Uh, joke books. Joke books. <laughs> like, oh, okay, or that's like, good. Like, uh, yeah, like like Mad Libs, but just really <laughs> terrible. <laughs> like just like Sudoku. Yeah, yeah. Sudoku. <laughs> How about uh, let's do Andy Dick and the Elongated Man. Oh, that's for a good one. Viagra. Yeah, perfect. That's low hanging fruit. That's pretty easy. <laughs> that's pretty easy. Anything else? Anything else? Uh, okay, Plastic Man and <sighs> there's gotta be something. And Dane Cook. <laughs> oh, you know, or like uh. Who's that guy? Lewis Black and Hulk. They're like, always oh, angry. that's a great one yeah. for some sort of like heart medication. Yeah. <laughs> some like blood pressure lowering thing. Yeah. Or whiskey. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. <laughs> um, Louis C.K. and the Invisible Woman. Oh, no. <laughs> for, for sexual <sighs> harassment. No. Yeah. Yeah. For seminars. <laughs> for seminars. <laughs> like, Please stop. <laughs> what am I invisible? I told you no. Yeah. What's the whole commercial? See, I was thinking of something like that, but I was like, what hero could he possibly go with? <laughs> like uh, uh, Wonder Woman and uh, O.J. Simpson. She uses her her lasso of truth. Oh, that's pretty good. Is he a comedian, though? <sighs> no. <laughs> He's just a celebrity. That counts. <laughs> that counts. <laughs> Celebrities count. I'm doing my best, Eric. I, <laughs> I don't know what else you want from me. <laughs> You're doing great, buddy. You're doing, doing great. Do you remember the Sandman who had that gun that put people to sleep? Remember that? Like the Golden Age Sandman. Okay, so him and Bill Cosby. Oh, no. That'd be pretty good. For NyQuil. <laughs> they could do NyQuil ads. <laughs> like, it has all kinds of uses. All right. That's uh, <laughs> This game is over. <laughs> Our podcast producer is pulling out a gun right now. He's like, We're stop with, with these sexual harassing comedians. We're done. We're done. So, yeah, this is pretty great. Superman. Superman and the, the comedy. The comedy scene. Do you think Superman would be funny? You know, Jerry and George have talked about this on Seinfeld. Oh, I haven't seen that one. They were like, Jerry was saying Seinfeld has a super, He def, he's definitely funny. He's got a super uh, p- sense of humor. Hmm. He's got super everything, super super breath, right? Can, <laughs> I think when you grow up as an outsider, it makes you have to have a comedic sort of outlook. Or else he'll die. Yeah. So maybe he would find the cultural inconsistency among Earthlings to be funny. He would point out things that are weird amongst us. Yeah. Like you guys say you love justice, but. And he's a journalist. Like he's got to be kind of like cat, like in cap. Uh, like, oh my god, I can't speak. <laughs> <laughs> he's got to be interesting, an like interesting writer. He's sure. Got to pull, sure. be able to pull you in and like want. I kind of like the idea that he's a, more. a bad journalist. I like the idea that like he would choose to do the one thing he couldn't cheat at. Yeah. Like it doesn't matter how fast you can fly, you can't like outright Lois Lane. I think that'd be kind of funny. That's true. Like, do you think terrible. he's funny? I don't know because it's such a defense mechanism. And for a guy who doesn't need defenses, oh. I don't know. But Clark Kent certainly does. Like Clark Kent would try to ingratiate himself with people. And also Clark would try to defuse situations without violence. So cracking a joke at your own expense to a bully to make them not beat you up oh, yeah. so they don't break their hand on your jaw might be something he would need to develop. Yeah. But I would do a story where he had to go learn it from Plastic Man or something. <laughs> <laughs> do, you, do you think he has like a super sense of humor? 
Like he's very like he's smart because of, like he's his powers right. He can like think faster. Oh, he'd be quick like like Robin Williams. Yeah, be, like, just pitching you stuff like. Yeah. In the comics, he only tells jokes that are like it's like physical comedy. Do you know Steve Lombard? Yeah. So like Steve Lombard will try to set him up with stuff like he'll he'll put a a bucket of water on top of a door so that when he opens it, it'll have to fall on him. And Clark will walk through and he'll like blow up a gust of air so it doesn't fall, and then he'll have it fall on Steve instead, or he'll like hot foot him with his heat vision. He's sort of just like. A physical prank okay. guy, like Chevy Chase style. He's a slapstick guy. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He might be really into like National Lampoon or something. Yeah, him and Jim Carrey could do something. Yeah, yeah. And I think or maybe also, that's too much slapstick. <laughs> it's too much physicality. I think slapstick would be ultra taboo to Clark because he could never do physical stuff because he would just break a building or like mm. smash your hand. So he'd think it was extra funny because he couldn't do it himself. Well, here's the thing: did those guys really hurt themselves? I don't know. They risked it. They damaged stuff. They definitely risked it. They damaged stuff. Which Clark but I think, do. But is Clark a, Clark Superman a good performer? Like, can he, like, mm-hmm. step on a shovel and have it hit him and he, like, pretends oh, sure. to be hurt from it? Yeah. Or will he just, like, stand there and have it break on his face? Like, he, protects, he pretends to trip and he pushes you out of the way of a bus. Yeah. That kind of a thing. Very oh, that would be good. It's like, oh, he accidentally saves people, but he's also a superhero, you know? Yeah, he's like Jerry Lewis. Yeah. Or it's more like... I think that'd be interesting if it was Clark and not a Superman. You mm-hmm. know, it's like Clark trying to blend in, but he can't help be a superhero. He like slips on a banana peel and like, sure. catches a kid. I like that. I like yeah. that. There was a Jerry Siegel and Joe Schuster superhero called Funny Man. Oh, okay. They created it. He was like, I think he's the first Jewish superhero. And it's funny because he's a comedian. And that's, yeah. that's a very popular profession <laughs> uh, in LA amongst cool Jewish people. Yeah. So that's awesome. Uh, yeah, we should pitch that guy. It's public domain. We'll edit this out. Yo, yeah. Let's do this. That's a good Let's idea. Let's make a new ad campaign with Funny Man. Oh, man. That would help me so much. I'm trying to build a writing portfolio. Oh, man. For, um, I for, help- for advertising, so this will be great. I'll give you reference for Funny Man. He's pretty great. Oh, beautiful. Are know. you a fan of the Jerry Siegel, Joe Schuster comics? Like, Did you read the early stuff? No, I haven't. Oh, man, you'd like it. You'd dig it. Okay. Like when like Superman has like that funny S? Yeah. Like really, yeah, okay. A little easier to draw yeah. than the current one. Yeah, he fights like wife beaters and, and terrible <laughs> landlords. It's really good. Oh, man. Okay. That sounds awesome. Heck yeah. That's, I'm doing an ad right now for another comic. You're way better at this than I am. <laughs> <laughs> you should you should you should do what I do. I was a marketing guy for a comic book store for years. Oh, that's cool. For just one comic book store yeah. in Tucson, Arizona. This place Heroes and Villains. I think they're on the web as like H and B comics on most on like Twitter and stuff. Okay, that's cool. They were really great. And I what was did their you, ad guy. What did you have to do for them? I would uh create events. And then promote them in the city. I'd have like signings by people that were like locally relevant. Or okay. We did like Magic the Gathering and Hero Clicks and stuff. Yeah. And I created a brand identity. We called all of our, our customers heroes. And it was like, hey, heroes, stop on by. And it was yeah. like a, a, I tried to make it like a club atmosphere, like like a Legion of Superheroes kind of like team up. Oh, club. yeah, that's cool. And we would do charitable stuff together. And it was really, really fun. I got to create a good community there. That's awesome. And I think that's what advertising is. It's creating a community. Yeah, and it's definitely like what it is. sharing a culture. And it's it's not just like making kids smoke, which is most people, that's what most folks think. Yeah. But definitely ads can be annoying. <laughs> What's like, your least favorite campaign? Oh, uh, those O'Reilly tire ads. Like, oh, 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 <laughs> O'Reilly. <laughs> but it's in your head, man. I can't get it it's out. stuck in there. It's, and it's been, the, the problem is it's been the same thing for like six years, mm-hmm. six plus years. And it's like, why can't you do something else? <laughs> I'm sorry if the response right thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> they all might the ads this episode for O'Reilly. I know. No. Um, but that one's probably my least favorite. Or just like ads... That aren't very creative. It's like uh like medical ads. 
It's like, are you suffering from mesothelioma? And it's like, oh, this is the most boring thing I've ever seen in my life. Put a character in there. Yeah. Give me a fox with a cape, please. <laughs> Tell me about mesothelioma, please. Via a super fox. Super fox. Yeah. yeah. I like it. I like it. There we go. That's another guy we can write together. <laughs> Man, we're on a roll. <laughs> oh, take boy. Over. So do you have any of your writing available for comics, like online yet or, or produced? No, I don't. Um... I just haven't written enough to feel good about publishing stuff. I want to see that nine-panel poop comic. Oh, God. You know, I do have it online. I'll send it to you. Will you please send that to yeah. me? And I'll put up with this, with this <laughs> podcast. <laughs> it's terrible. Do it. <sighs> do it. All right. I'll give a quote for it. It'll be me and Moynihan yeah. giving pull quotes yeah. for a one-page poop comic. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Th- those Skype sessions were so cool. He was He's like my favorite. And I was just like, you're my hero, please. <laughs> and he'll like, please be my friend. And, and Why did he Skype with you? Uh, it was like a special and his, he has a Patreon Okay, and it was like, Oh, if you pay this amount of money, I'll like workshop your comics. And I was like, well, I'm like, I want to make comics. Will you like teach me? And he's like, yeah, I'll tell you what I know. Just like have some questions ready. And I was like, dope. That's pretty cool. Did you ever read any of the comics ads, like the Twinkies and Hostess? Yes. You should come back on. We'll do a follow up episode about all those ads. You should pick like your, your <laughs> 10 favorite ones. Okay, that'll be good. Because those were the, what you're saying too. They're, they're creating a story. Yeah. Like, there's some villains that appeared in there for the first time and they later pop up in other stuff. Like Dan Slott's um, Spider-Verse comic. Yeah. He had like the hostess Spider-Man guy as one of the universes. Oh, that's awesome. It's pretty awesome. Pretty awesome. Man. I feel like, okay, I'm, I'm, I definitely like comic books. I consider myself a comic book guy. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I'm a comic book nerd. <laughs> I feel like there's just so many gaps in, in all the things, comic books that I don't know about that I feel like I should. But I also recognize that it's so much media and so much to read yeah. that it's almost an impossible well, task. That, that term is just made by ad people, right, to make you buy more stuff. Okay. Like when you feel that inadequacy, it's just because they're trying to sell you. Like yeah. You're not a real nerd unless you buy this hardcover graphic novel collection that's just nonsense right like anybody who likes comics is a comic fan yeah and you don't need to read everything you don't need to uh like stuff that like you don't need to read issues that you know you're not gonna like yeah you don't need to read if you don't like comics from the 30s you don't have to read jerry siegel and joe schuster stuff you can just read 90s superman and it's awesome or modern day stuff in my head 90s was modern day i'm gonna kill myself (laughs) i'm the oldest man there's ever been no i will say this though um Around 2006, I did. I had like a uh, Spider-Man encyclopedia. Yeah. So I read that front to cover. I mean, I mean, cover to cover, front sure, to back. Sure. Um, so for like a brief moment in time, I was an expert in all things <laughs> Spider-Man. It was right before Iron Spider because he was that wasn't in the book. Oh, okay, okay. But everything before that, I like knew, like like the back of my hand. That's pretty great. I bought the Superman equivalent of that because at my store. We used to argue over how to say Mixius Pitalik. <laughs> and the official pronunciation was yeah. in that book. And I would be like, it's not Mixelpick, you idiot. And I would pull out this book and I would scream at five-year-olds yeah. you gotta, like, in front te- of their moms. You showed them all the phonetic letters. And you're like, this yeah. is how you say it. Yeah. It's like, pronounce it in Kryptonian. In the native Kryptonian. Yeah. And then those five-year-olds were like, thanks, Eric. Yeah. They're like, now I like comics forever. Yeah. Just kidding. Where's yeah. the soccer ball? Yeah. <laughs> I'm never coming here again. We have readings for dorks. Is that why you don't work there anymore, Eric? Yeah, because I was a bad marketing guy. <laughs> That's how I marketed reading to kids. Oh, those those poor kids. It's true. It's true. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, every... No, I don't know. I'm going to say every uh, comic book nerd should have a, a bully, but... Because then you have, like, a villain. Yeah. You can define yourself against someone, and that's always helping. And that's who you were for those kids. Yeah. 
I was part of their origin story. You I killed all them. of their uncles. Yeah. yeah. As one should. Yeah. Somebody had to. Yeah. That's the reverse flashes thing, right? He's like, I want to make you a better flash <laughs> by killing all these other flashes. Oh, yeah. I think he's my favorite villain. Reverse flash? Yeah. Do you call him reverse flash or Professor Zoom or Zoom? I call him reverse flash because it's so lame. Sounding. It is so lame, but that's kind of the brilliance is that like <laughs> he's so terrifying that his name doesn't matter. Why did they call him that? Uh, Professor, I mean, Reverse Flash is like calling Batman just Dark Knight. Yeah. That's super stupid. It's because it was 4.30 on a Friday. <laughs> they just wanted to go home. <laughs> Everyone just wanted to go home. But Zoom is cool. In a world where there's a guy called Flash, and you're like, that's cool. Yeah. Calling a guy Zoom is awesome. Yeah. They were down to anti-Flash or Reverse Flash. And... Oh, my God. Reverse Flash is the stupidest thing. Because, again, he's not slow. He doesn't run backwards. Yeah, that's true. He wasn't. He didn't burp out lightning. He was hit by it too. Like everything's <laughs> the exact same thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's funny because he's not like Bizarro, but he's not totally the opposite. I don't know. Whatever. I don't know where I was going with that. But the best character of all time. Yeah, I'm glad we finally agree on something. Yeah, we should make a Bizarro Seinfeld who like really understands air airline like airplane oh, food. Yeah, and he really is in support of like three in one shampoo. Well, there is that Bizarro Seinfeld episode where they have like the group of friends who yeah. are like the totally opposite of them, and it's funny because the big difference is that they're considerate and they're nice <laughs> <laughs> and they're good people. <laughs> so Seinfeld, what if like Seinfeld were just we're following the villains? Oh man, it's like Earth Two crime syndicates. Yeah, like exactly. It. What would Bizarro Kevin be like? Um, the, he wouldn't. Well, he'd be like drunk Kevin. He would just. <laughs> he wouldn't shut up. He would. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you're kind of shy for an advertiser guy and for a writer. You're kind of a shy dude. You're very Clark Kent in person. Uh, yeah. I just. I feel like I don't always have a lot to say, so I'm like, yeah, I'll just be quiet. Oh man. Um. What else? He would be tall. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and he would wear uh nothing but tank tops. Sure. Yeah, sure. and be very tan. I would hate that guy, frankly. I would. Oh, I'm sure he'd be fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the bizarro concept's really fun. How every hero has like this dark double, like yeah. li- literally called Reverse Flash or like the Bizarro Seinfeld crew, and yeah. like I feel like people give Superman credit for that, which is funny because mythologically there's always been dark doubles and yeah, opposites, like a foil. Yeah, right. foil, yeah. foil, but like we just say Bizarro now instead of foil, and I love that. I love that comics has permeated culture so much yeah. that it's easier to say Bizarro than foil. It's hilarious. What's Eric's, uh, what's Reverse Eric? Reverse Eric. <laughs> he really thinks that Reverse Flash sounds like a great name. It is a great name. Uh, he thinks comic books are for kids. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. He has a car. Uh, he has a good credit score. <laughs> he calls his mom every week. Wait, this sounds like reverse. <laughs> this sounds like Bizarro Kevin too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, he owns more than one pair of pants, and he's just uh, boring at parties. Oh, okay, yeah, he's the worst. He's the worst. Let's go kill that guy. Ready? And his uncle. Let's do it. Yeah. Where can folks before we go kill our doppelgangers and become yeah. the highest versions of ourselves, achieve apotheosis, if you will? Uh, where are you online for nerds to find you? Um, are nerds on Instagram? That's like the thing I use the most. That's where the kids are. But you're yeah. 23, so you're yeah. a kid. Uh, on Instagram, I am Sweet Boy Kev. Sweet boy. Sweet. A sweet boy. Sweet. Yeah. I, I think um, I've had a string of really terrible Instagram names, and that was the best. I could Explain come up with. Sweet Boy Kev to me. 
Um, PG-13, PG-13. <laughs> it is PG-13. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I, I like wrote a list of words that I liked mm-hmm. and, and I combined them and I put my name next to it and I was like, I, I honestly, I did write it down. I just, I just wrote, made a list <laughs> and I was like, this sounds like I can brand it. Maybe. What an ad man. Sweet boy, yeah. Kev. Are you on Twitter and all that stuff too? Uh, I'm on Twitter, but I'm never really, I never use it. I don't know what my name is on there. Gotcha. It might be Mr. Kevin Alvarez. Maybe. I don't know. I'm going to make folks find you on Instagram and then pitch you their comedian superhero crossover. Yes, please. Just constantly. That would be perfect. And uh, and you'll give the best one $100. Not me or Meltdown. Just you personally in cash. I'm, gonna, I'm committing you to this. All right. <laughs> Fine. <laughs> and on that note, I'm just kidding, everybody. Don't do that. Uh, yeah. Uh, up, up, and away. Ooh, Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.